Hey Zwifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is The Zwiftcast. Welcome to this special episode. Back in January, Zwift appointed its first chief product officer, Yu Chang Cheng, known to all as YC. His brief was wide, I won't read the long list out again, but essentially, if you're a Zwifter, you are going to be affected by YC's vision and decisions. And with John Mayfield, the game's creator, now in a research and development role, then the appointment of YC took on, if it was possible, even greater significance for the experience of Zwifters. The company's CEO described YC's appointment as critically important, and it's tough to disagree with that. So, like a rat up a drainpipe, I pinged in an interview request. Yes, but not yet, came the response. Let the guy get his feet under the table. Well, that seemed reasonable enough, and it was probably pointless quizzing YC on granular detail until he'd had a chance to have a look under the hood. Almost six months on then, I got the chance for the sit-down with YC. Full disclosure, I submitted a list of questions in advance and long-term listeners will know that I've no issue with this approach. The purpose of the interview, after all, is to find out what YC thinks, what he's got planned and get a sense of the direction he wants to take. The purpose is not to catch him out with some gotcha-style interview. YC asked me to pare down the question list a bit, it was extremely long if I'm honest, to make best use of the time and as a result we agreed to lose a few questions about his own background to give us more time to focus on Zwift. So here we go, hope you enjoy listening to our conversation and we'll be back soon with the Zwiftcast in its usual format. Right on! Well, hello, YC, and thanks very much for giving your time to talk to me and through me, the Zwift community. Welcome to the Zwiftcast. Yeah, absolutely. Pleasure to speak with you. Listen, I want to start by kind of digging just a little bit into your background, but let's kick off in the right here and the right now. I'm sure Zwifters will be fascinated to know what was your last decision in your last meeting? (laughs) You know, I actually tried not to make too many decisions and let the team... Uh, guide me. So, you know, I just did a whole bunch of listening on, you know, how we want to work on, you know, improving the onboarding process of our, our, our consumers. So it was a very educational for me. Let the others decide. Yeah, good, 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 good strategy that. Give us your, uh, give Swift us your kind of 60 second career resume. Who are you? Where have you come from? Well, you know, I'm like to think that, uh, looking back, and this is our obviously hindsight, my, my career has never really been fully planned out. And, you know, I, I never thought of my life that way. So um, in retrospect, really, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I like to um, invent things. I like to build things. Um, and what I found in my career is that I really meet in the intersection between, you know, the physical world and the digital world. And there's just so much opportunity in building digital things. So um, you know, I was my own uh, founder and entrepreneur for an online golf company that I make called World Golf Tour, um, which is a massively multiplayer um, game. Um, and before that, uh, I was uh, working and launching digital properties, games, um, and websites for you know MGM Mirage, uh, Virgin Games, World Poker Tour, um, uh, B Sky B uh, for Skybet. Um, but uh, you know, more recently, I was the president of Top Golf Media, where 
I was building the experience and the intersection and the technology uh, for, you know, uh, a golf uh, driving range, entertainment facility, and all the digital properties with apps, games, and and so forth. So, um, just pretty diverse background around building teams, building products, um, everything from you know small companies that I start myself in my own loft in San Francisco uh, to you know twenty two thousand people at Top Golf. Wow. I, I, I mean, certainly your your resume uh, does speak to this intersection, as you say, between the physical and the digital. You definitely, if you may permit me to say, sound like you're the right man for the job at, at Zwift. How how did the opportunity at Zwift come about? I see. Sure. So you know, the pandemic took uh, took a toll uh, at Top Golf, and you know, we went through a cycle where we furloughed or laid off, you know, close to fifteen thousand people in the, you know duration about 30 days um, and we had to rebuild the company and recapitalize it um, and we were able to get it to a really great place and, and hire back the majority of the people um, but through that process we knew we needed more capital um, and we worked to get acquired by Callaway which is a public uh, golf company um, they're large and access to capital and in that transaction you know I took the opportunity um, to, to make a change and to join, you know, something that I felt would be more entrepreneurial. Um, I wanted to get back to my roots of being more startup and hands-on with product and technology. Um, and I didn't actually know where I was going to land. I just knew that, you know, the, a large public company for me was not, not the right place. Um, and it was sad because I left a great team and people that I've been friends with and, and founded the company with uh, that we've been through uh, hell and back. And so, you know, just in, in life, you have to make some choices. And I knew what was in my blood was to, to build. And I want to get back to building. And, you know, I, I left uh, Top Golf. And, uh, you know, very, very quickly and very fortuitously, uh, a common uh, contact of, of mine and, and Eric Min. Uh, reached out to me, um, said there was a great opportunity, um, and the rest is history. Well, um, thanks for the the kind of quick tour around your your life so far. We'll we'll kind of leave that section of the of the conversation there, really, except for just one final question: Do you ride a bike? <laughs> I do, I do. You know, I, I grew up riding bikes, um, but I I grew up in Boulder, Colorado, where you're just completely engrossed in, in cycling and, and fitness and and triathletes. Uh, you know, some of my best friends and my neighbors and everybody were, they're all cyclists and triathletes. And, um, but I actually took more towards the dirt than I did for the tarmac. So, you know, I'd spent majority of my childhood riding on, on mountain bikes and, and single tracks. And, uh, you know, today that's where I do the majority of my outdoor riding. Um, but it has quickly been, uh, supplanted by, you know, indoor riding and riding Zwift, um, uh, which I find. Yeah. A lot more uh, sustainable, actually, yeah, especially I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> so crashing and getting road rash is just not very fun. Yeah, none of us are getting any younger, I see. Um, well, maybe maybe your dirt background will give us a clue as to what uh, what direction you might take Zwift in. And that, that's kind of where I'd like to go now, actually, which is is sort of strategy, your strategy and, and your vision for for this very senior appointment with with massive areas of responsibility. I mean, you've been in post now for a few months. 
Have you identified the kind of changes you'd like to make? I mean, we'll go to the kind of very specific areas of interest to the community shortly. But broadly, have you identified areas where you think the company needs to change the way it works? Yeah, you know, I think that the first is just a very clear and intentional understanding that change is inevitable and that, you know, the company needs to evolve, the product needs to evolve, um, and that, you know, we cannot stand still. And in that is an inherent level of risk, a level inherent of unknown um, and in challenges. And so, you know, where I come in and where I think that I have made uh, some focus changes is really to support the long term. Um, and, you know, to really be able to take the time and have the experience to listen to the community, um, gather the information about how the product is performing and, and where we think the opportunities are, and to plan that out over time. And, you know, a big thing that I've asked the team to do is, you know, I've known they've cared a ton about what the community thinks. Most of them are all Zwifters, and they were Zwifters before they joined, you know, Zwift. Um, and, you know, but yet they cared, but we weren't being, you know, maybe as effective as we could. And so the idea is to increase our effectiveness for the long term while partnering with, you know, the community and understanding what we, we can do. And, and, and that's really the big okay. Uh, the change, yeah. That phrase long term will strike terror into the hearts of some Zwifters over the kind of pace of change that happens at the company. But we will we will get into that later. I'd like to try and kind of take this a little step by step. The press release announcing your uh, appointment stressed, used the word accessibility and innovation for existing Zwifters to the game. I mean, we all know how press releases are written. You know, they, they can't go into a huge amount of detail. But what, what did those two things mean, YC? Yeah, I can just say from a personal standpoint that, you know, something that is near and dear to my heart is to be able to bring you know, a sport or activity or experience to more people, to make it more accessible, to make it more inclusive. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I joined Zwift. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be part of the transition in golf where, you know, the sport really started embracing inclusivity um, and accessibility. And, you know, I think both sports have an issue with, you know, the price point at which to enter and to really excel. Mm. Um, and, and it's also a whole set of cultural barriers, um, biases, um, and, and sort of, unfortunately parts of it have, you know, a form of elitism to it. Um, and what I love about Zwift is really that anyone anywhere can Zwift. Um, and what we want to do is to make it more accessible. We want to make it embrace that, you know, sort of like democratize the activity. Um, and you can see how Zwift is doing that, you know, with our, you know, attempts at, you know, celebrating things like pride, um, our support of Tour de Femmes, uh, and, and other things that you see us do with minority cyclists or, um, uh, you know, our, our policy around uh, bringing children to cycling and, and, and Zwift um, and just Generally, we want to make it easier and more accessible so that we can grow the overall activity of cycling in the sport. 
make it more welcoming and mm. make it feel like people really belong. Mm. I mean, that's part social mission, isn't it? That's part social. And, and, and not only is it part social missing, it's kind of taking on the long-standing culture and traditions. And when I say culture and traditions, I don't mean to condone those, but, you know, the traditions around cycling, you know, they do kind of revolve around elitism and, and exclusion to an extent. I mean, it's been a pale male snobby sport for a long time can you can you really can you really seek to change that i hope i sure hope so because that's one of the things we wake up in the morning and, and hope to make better so we're, we're very intentional about that and we also know our part in it in that you know it's not easy to use with right to get on board um and there is a myriad of configurations and things that you need to learn there's a whole language and lexicon that is very intimidating you know it, uh you know i've been at Zwift for a bit now and to be very honest with you it's such a complex product with so much to give and so many nuances and so many different ways to use it that you know, I I don't I don't even know all of it. I have to rely on a whole team that has been living and breathing it for a long time. But but what it does give me is a perspective on how to how to simplify it, how to make it more intuitive, um, so that you know anyone could try to pick it up and go. And and if we can achieve that and and have people be more comfortable with cycling in a more um, safe environment where they do not feel like they're being as judged or they can make mistakes and ask questions and be okay, then I think we can help grow the overall sport and change it. No, well, I think people will, will, will certainly recognize some of those things. There is a view, though, I see, that in seeking to widen accessibility, and I don't specifically mean the kind of social mission stuff, but in, in seeking to widen accessibility in a more general sense, going after what you might call casual fitness people rather than hardcore cyclists, and I know I'm lapsing into the language of elitism, but, you know, that's how cycling is, is described, and that's what people understand. There's a feeling that the, the kind of hardcore cyclists will lose out because you're widening accessibility and going after the casual fitness people, that you're prioritizing growth over development. How, how do you respond to that? Um, well, I guess I'd push back a bit and say that, you know, I don't believe that there really is a dichotomy between, you know, what we would call casual and, and hardcore. I don't think that's really the trade-off that we're trying to make. Um, and I also don't think that we have to choose between growth and development. Um, and that, you know, a big part of the hard work that Eric uh, and team have done to raise the money and the capital and now to build the team and bring people like me on board is that we should be able to do more things. We should be able to, to not have to sacrifice as much. Um, yes, we still have choices and we need to prioritize, but we should be able to satisfy, you know, more than one thing. And why I say that it's not really a question between casual and hardcore is that, you know, we are very clear in that we're focused on the cyclist. Um, and that, you know, if you're cycling for preparing for a, a race or a crit, or if you're cycling because you're trying to just have your own personal goal of improving your FTP, uh, or uh, getting healthier, um, but yet very intentional and, and direct, 
you can be very hardcore for both of those motivations. Um, and for us, mm -hmm. it's about trying to support the diversity of motivations and things that people are trying to get out of Zwift um, and to support them in that. Um, and it doesn't always have to be, um, you know, racing outdoors. Um, there, there are a lot of people on the Zwift team who used to race and, and quote unquote be performance oriented. And when I, when I talk to them, I go, oh, so are you not performance now because you don't race? Their answer is absolutely no. I'm still very, very competitive. I'm still very, very performance oriented. I'm still very hardcore. I just care more about, you know, my fitness and my general wellness, but I'm still very, very motivated. And so that's, yeah. you know, what we're trying to um, satisfy and what we're trying to support is that a lot of people have different motivations for using Zwift and we want to support them and we want to be better at them. We want to be intentional with it um, and we want to make the best product we can. In other words, you're trying to keep everybody happy, and, and obviously that's a very—it's a very a noble ambition. The, the, moving on to slightly more specific areas, the last couple of updates have included what what I would call crowd pleasers: uh, the return to home button and kind of green ticks for badge hunters. Now, in some cases, um, and and there are others. In, you know, that these have been requested by the community for literally years and years, but until now, never delivered and they've coincided with your arrival. Is that coincidence, YC, or did you come in and say, we have to have a return to home button, it's what the people want? <laughs> well, I think this chapter really started when Eric kicked off the, the change in the company to be more product-led, um, and I'm really just a logical consequence uh, of that. And um, you hopefully will see, and um, hopefully you can see in our interactions in the forums, um, how we reach out to the community more, um, that we are truly embracing being product-led. And being product-led means focusing um, on trying to deliver the best experience. And, you know, these are features that are not only being asked for and, and that we're being responsive to, but it really is a look inside ourselves to say, these are things that we should do, outside pressure or yeah. not. This is the right thing for the product. This is the right thing for the audience. Um, and we're really being very focused on you know, what the Zwifter needs are, um, listening to the feedback. But even more so, um, we're trying to be very intentional about having a collaborative conversation with our members. Um, because you know, the success that we've had so far is largely built because of how our members have moved the platform forward, have moved the experience forward. Um, you know, you can just see all the great examples, including, you know, uh, Zwift Insider and your, and your podcast here, as well as, you know, uh, all the different racing leagues and clubs and all the things that sprung up, you know, a lot of Zwift success is because of how the community has embraced it and helped us move it forward. And we believe that our product focus should be built with this community. And that that's what the, the change that I like to talk about is. Um, and with that, you will see more and more, I guess, crowd pleasers because we just think it's also the right thing to do. Yeah. They'll be very welcome words, YC, very welcome words to many in the community. 
Um, slight switch of topic. Zwift is built on a proprietary games engine, as we know, that's now several years old. Uh, I mean, it does a fine job. But uh, time never stands still. If you stand still in tech, you're dead. Uh, you know, all those cliches. Does Zwift need a new games engine? The community might call it Zwift 2.0. Does it need it? Will we get it? Are you working on it? Is it a priority for you? Um, well, I can say that we invest in the game engine quite a bit. Um, and I know the community is very fond of, of, of John Mayfield, and, and so am I. And, you know, that's where he is spending a, a decent amount of time. Um, you know, all I can say is that there are many, many successful games out there that have their own proprietary game engine. Um, and, right. you know, there, there's reasons for making those technical choices one way or the other. Um, and we do evaluate it. But um, from where I have a view there's still a lot to be done with what we have and we can do it better. We can execute it better. Um, you know, there are clearly obviously different parts of the game engine. And so I think you can see, um, you know, the increase in quality and the beauty and the fantastic job that, that uh, Tony and Michael Wade and their team did with McCurry um, and Umezi. Um, there's still a lot more to be done there. Um, in, in future, and hopefully um, you, you will appreciate it, enjoy it. Um, but there's also, you know, just the core about like, you know, how do you keep cyclists, you know, on the right route without flying into the air, right? That's something that happens and we're not proud of it, um, but we also know we can improve it. Um, and there's other things that we can do the engine and we are now, we are investing in it and we're building on it and we're making it more scalable, more maintainable and more stable. Okay. What I'm hearing there, YC, is that John, in his research and development role, which nobody outside of the company really knows what, what that is, is working on an, a new games engine. Is that? Can you give me a confirm or a deny on that? Uh, no, all I can say is that he's improving it. Okay. 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 Well, I think we've explored that topic. Um, one thing Zwifters might find concerning is that the, the golf game that you were involved in was, of course, free to play. But there were a number of ways of improving performance by spending money on things like better golf clubs. And um, paying for performance improvements has always been ruled out by Zwift as a kind of article of faith almost. Will, will that always remain the case? Um. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, we've had this pricing structure. Our business model has not changed, and I don't think we have any intention to. Um, and, you know, we believe that uh, Zwift ultimately is a platform that rewards, you know, effort. Um, and and I, I see that continuing. Yep. Okay. Well, that's a very definitive answer. Um, Zwift running has not... I don't think, and the runners will hate me for saying this, but it's not been a conspicuous success. Do you see Zwift's future as multi-sport? I mean, rowing, as we know, is long-mooted, even golf, who knows? Um, or should you do one thing, cycling, and do that really well? Where's, where, where do you stand there? Well, we're really clear right now in the interim that our focus is cycling. Um, and that that's you know what we're focused on. That's where we're devoting our resources um, and, you know, that's us being, you know, more focused and not trying to be everything for everybody. Um, so, you know, 
uh, at least for the foreseeable uh, time period, uh, it's definitely going to be cycling. Um, and, and that's where we'll be. Yeah, well, that's very clear as well. Um, hardware, uh, as we know, huge priority for the company, sucking up an absolute shed load of resource, very input, very expensive to develop these things. Why is it so critical? Sure. Well, I think I first want to just maybe clarify that, yes, hardware is an expensive, it is a new endeavor, um, but we're a much larger company now. So in terms of percentage of resource, I, I wouldn't say it's really a shed load. Um, but the main reason we're doing it is is a lot of it has to do with this, this accessibility of, of Zwift that it is just very, very hard to onboard people into the too product. much friction. It's way too much friction. It's one of the hardest things I've ever worked with, quite frankly. Um, you know, the disparate number of platforms and connections and software versions and PCs, phones, you know, Apple TVs, all of it, it's just very, very hard. It's so much friction. And the only way we're going to get it better is to not only work with our third party partners who we are completely committed to. We, we do not envision a world where we do not have them as our partners and, and be close with them and work together. But we just were not learning enough. We did not understand the pain and, um, and solving the problems for new Zwifters um, and existing Zwifters and all the connection problems and all the hardware issues and, and things. So this is our best way of improving the experience, learning, and, and I think it's going to be positive for everybody. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's an answer that will, will, will surprise no one, but, but um, uh, good, 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 good to hear that, that, you know, the aim is improved accessibility. Zwift, Zwift is not an easy one. Eric Minors used to say it shouldn't be a research project, and uh, for many new Zwifters, it, it, it still is. Um, YC, even the most dedicated of Zwift fanboys would perhaps struggle to describe the company as agile or nimble. Um, do you recognize that characterization? And is it something you feel the need to address? Well, I, I guess what I question is, is nimble really the goal? Um, you know, mm. is, is Apple nimble? But yet they deliver excellent experiences in a regular good pace. Um, so... I think overall, I think everyone, including myself, internal at Zwift HQ and our communities, we want more output of amazing features, but we want them to land and we want them to to work better. Um, and you know, the big change that is not unique to Zwift is that when you're smaller and you have less consumers um, and you have less at stake, um, you can make a lot more mistakes and people are a lot more forgiving. Um, you know, because, you know, it's more of a camaraderie uh, going on um, when you're a younger startup. And unfortunately, Zwift is at a point where, you know, the mistakes we make are more scrutinized, which causes us to take less risk um, and think things through more. And in addition to that, things are way more complicated now because it's not just one system, but it's hundreds of systems layered upon each other. And they're, they're often consequences to changes or things that we make that are we're not anticipated so we're trying to take more time to think through those we don't have all the answers so it's going with and working with the community now to think through those better but it's going to take longer to land 
not only that, but yeah. you know, we do have a little bit less appetite to be brave and make mistakes. Um, so what, what I do ask is the community um, to, to hopefully be a little more charitable and forgiving, that we are trying to do the right thing. We will make mistakes, but that is in the vein of trying to move it forward and trying to improve. Um, and the reality is that, uh, you know, we are trying to do a lot right now. And we, in order to do that, we had to onboard a whole bunch of new people, including myself, who will make a lot of mistakes because we just don't know everything. Um, but that will change over time and we will get smarter and we will learn and hopefully we'll get to a point where we will have more output. And, and I'm actually seeing it already um, that our, our velocity of development um, in new features is improving uh, since you know last year. And uh, I, I'm very optimistic that, that you're gonna see great things come out of this company. So what I'm hearing is is you saying you continue to be cautious in the pursuit of excellence um, and that, you know, maybe being nimble and agile and fast is is not a good thing. And, and uh, you know, I think there are people who, if they sit in the community, if they sit down and think about that, would, would recognise the value of those thoughts. But recruitment of talented developers for the Long Beach, I mean, it's long been known why I see to be an issue, um, all kinds of reasons. But I don't think we're willing to explore them again, but it's, it's known to be an issue that, that hiring very talented people to work on the game on the West Coast of America is tough. Has this improved? And, and if it hasn't, or if it stayed the same, why doesn't Zwift simply not offshore some development as so many other successful software companies do so, do so and, and do very well? Yeah, I would say we, uh, this is where, again, we're ambitious and we want it all. So um, with, with the team that we're building uh, and the success that we're experiencing and the great mission that we have to help more people be more active more often, um, recruiting has dramatically improved. Um, we are getting excellent talent. Um, you know, I, I work every day with very, very smart, capable people, and that team is only growing. Um, in the last 12 months, right. you know, we've increased by over 200 people. Um, and, wow. you know, we continue to add that. And you can imagine the effort it takes to find 200 great people, but also to teach them all the intricacies about Zwift. Um, and a lot of it is that we have a great um, development culture now where, you know, we really want to empower people to find solutions. Um, we um, give a lot of autonomy um, and, and we internally, we do allow people to fail fast. Um, our goal is to just make sure that doesn't come, you know, uh, out into production, um, but to fail fast, learn, um, iterate on things um, so that we can innovate. Um, and, uh, you know, we've also broadened our ability to, you know, have people work remotely. And so we're recruiting from all over the world. Um, and we're also working with some of the best uh, outsourced uh, consulting, uh, you know, agencies that are very famous in gaming. Um, and, and we're building up that pipeline and those capabilities so we can flex more. So, you know, a lot of this is building the processes and teams that don't result in features right now, but will result in, you know, a sustainable pipeline to deliver quality in the future. 
Well, again, there's some very exciting things in there. And, and again, what I'm hearing is that the answer to the question is that, yes, that situation has, has very significantly improved. And again, I think that will be, uh, be very welcomed by the community. Tricky question, YC. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. But John Mayfield, I mean, beloved by Zwifters because he made the game, you know, and and he he executed his vision and he gave us something that we never had before that hundreds of thousands of people enjoy greatly. Um, and you've come in and if you look at the turf, your turf and his turf, or what used to be John's turf and is now your turf, you know, you could see that that working relationship could be one that needed a little kind of caution around it. How, how do you get on with John? How does that work, your relationship with him? Well, I think it's really healthy. Um, you know, John has been extremely gracious um, and welcoming. Um, it helps that he and I both have a, a love for, for Zwift, a love for, you know, exercise and performance um, and, and a love for cars and you know, he's still very, very much involved day to day. Um, he and I talk very regularly. Um, and, you know, I really view him as, you know, the, the product Sherpa or, or, or the Yoda where, you know, I can talk and understand and get context and for a lot of the choices and smart things that he's done. And, uh, and you know, I really just view us as being complementary to each other. You know, I will never know Zwift as well, and I will never have it in my blood as well as, well as he does. Um, and he has still the founder's uh, magic to be able to make changes and do things and understand things and get people to do things because he is the founder. And I really, really respect that. Um, and we will continue to, to work together and be able to leverage, you know, our different abilities and our different skills to, to make Zwift better. Okay. Good, good to hear you talk about that. Uh, I'm sure people are interested. Uh, moving on, YC, to kind of slightly more specific um, community concerns, I've called this section of the interview. But these are the kind of things that, that you do see cropping up on a fairly regular basis, not from everybody in the community, but perhaps from those Zwifters who've been around a while and maybe expect a little bit more from the product than the new people who are, are still in that discovery phase. But, you know... Those people are important to Zwift and always have been. They, they, as you referred to earlier, kind of helped you build the company. They're, they're great ambassadors. So, uh, you, you know, some people may characterize them as just kind of moaners, but actually some of the things they say I, I, I do feel are, are quite important. Uh, and this section of the interview will, will perhaps cover some of their... Um, Observations, shall we say. Um, we've seen a number of kind of big projects announced, things like club functionality, a method of, of combating sandbagging in racing. I know sandbagging was a problem in the, in the golf game that, that you were so closely involved with as well. Uh, racing and uh, sorry, um, steering and, and several other of those kind of like big projects. They're kind of announced and, and there's like an MVP and then they stop. You know, they just seem to grind to a halt or proceed at a glacial pace. Now, I know the pandemic has a role to play in this, but is the point that those Zwifters make that these things are announced and then stop, is that a fair point and, and will it change? Um, well, I think it is a unique moment in time, right? So part of it is the pandemic where... Um, you know, we had to shift resources very dramatically to keeping the servers up, uh, to enable the whole entire Watopian workforce to work from home, 
um, and all that that it takes uh, for a modern technology company where, you know, security and access and files and all those things, they take effort and getting used to that. Um, uh, and, you know, just the large number of people who are on the platform. And because of our visibility, we are a target for security and privacy. And, you know, I think you can see a lot of the things that we've done, which may not be um, fun consumer features are to make the service better and more mature um, at the scale we are. Um, you know, we, we take privacy and security very seriously. So those are all things that we've had to do and it did slow down um, the progress. But uh, what I also want to clarify though is that a lot of things are in the bucket of future works. Um, and there is a huge, huge and even larger growing um, chasm between what a prototype future work project is and what is actually a sustainable full rollout of, of, of a product and a service. Um, so, you know, I can take uh, Pace Partners as a great example that, you know, it, it first initially was a prototype that was running on someone's basically a laptop. Um, and you were all probably wondering why are Pace Partners disappearing? Um, what is going on here? Why isn't this reliable? Um, why aren't they acting kind of the way that I think they should act? And that's because it is a prototype. That is the part of, of us which is being innovative and being nimble. Um, and the community benefits from that. Um, and you, you get to see something that's great. But then to take that and to move it into something that is long-term and sustainable and hardened um, takes a massive amount of work uh, at the level that we are now. Um, and okay. so let yeah. me, let me, let me just stop you there. Wise, if you don't mind me just interrupting you, interrupting you because pace partners is, is an, a classic example. I mean, not all future works, uh, uh, projects have been big hits, but pace partners were super popular right from the start. I mean, just everybody loved them, you know, and, and I think they remain very popular and they meet a real need in the game. And I think what some Zwift to see is, well, hey, they've got a hit on their hands here, but they're not doing anything with it. You know, it, it's not developed. They're, they're not available on other worlds. There aren't different levels apart from the four basic ones. There's no kind of more sophisticated interactivity with with, with them. I, mean, I, I think that's a really excellent example of something that is introduced to the game, is instantly popular, and then it just stops. I mean, are you just saying that it's really, really hard and takes a really, really long time to make pace partners do more. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, to move it from running on someone's laptop into a, a secure, reliable uh, service, um, you know, in the cloud that integrates with other parts of the game that allow it to be expanded, to allow the code to be maintained uh, and developed on by more than one person, um, that takes a long time. And not only that, but we take some time to not just um, add features to Pace Partners, but to really understand how the community is using it so that when we do the next iteration, it can satisfy, you know, more things. Um, so behind the curtains, development had never stopped on Pace Partners. It just we haven't released it yet because we're iterating on it 
trying to find the right solution and implementing it and getting it out to um, a place where, you know, it can be sustainable. Um, so, yeah. and it's going to work it, and it's going right. to work and work and work reliably. That's right. Yeah. And okay. so, okay. Okay. No, well, it's a, you know, it's a good answer. You know, I mean, people will say, why not faster? And you say, because it's really hard and takes a long time to get it good. And you know, that's, that's, you know, it's a good answer. And that's, that's, I guess the kind of communications that people would perhaps like to hear a little more of from Swift, but don't get me going on communications. That's that's another whole issue. Let's talk about racing, uh, particularly at community level. Uh, there's a feeling, again, it may well be a minority feeling, but there's a feeling that, that, that at the pro level, racing serves Zwift's marketing purposes extremely well. You know, I mean, that whole relationship with the tour and advertising around the Grand Tours and putting the pros on Zwift. And I know some of that happened or- organically, but pro racing has be- always been good for Zwift. Pro riders have always been good for Zwift. And pro riders and pro racing seems to get looked after a little bit better than community level racing. And by that, I mean things that, like the tools and the features and functions that will greatly enhance the community racing experience are just seem not to be prioritized by the company. Again, is that is that a fair point? Or are you just going to say to me, look, these things take a long time? Well, I don't think it's just a simple, these things take a long time. I, I think that, A, we do prioritize and we do understand it's very important that not only at the top and pro racing is important, but the community competition is very important. Um, and we fully understand that fair and transparent uh, competition is is of the utmost importance. Um, I think this is also a situation, though, where uh, prior to my sort of nudging of the company, that a lot of the racing and competition and fairness things were very short term focused. Uh, just trying to, I like to sometimes say, play whack a mole. Uh, you know, this thing happened, um, this loud thing happened in a race or this or that, and we just try to throw some resource at it and fix it temporarily or for that one case or whatever. And so what I can say is that we've taken a different approach now with competition and building the system where we're thinking more long-term and uh, ultimately trying to solve the problem systemically. Um, and that's just going to take a, a whole lot more work but it did take a while for us to really understand what the right solution is. Um, and, you know, for us, I can say that we're, we're moving more towards a system that, you know, a lot of people had theorized and, and written long articles on and trying to be much more focused on outcome-based categorization. Um, and that's just going to take more time for us to implement correctly and to understand Um and, and we we're have an active discussion in our forums um, about this. And, you know, I just do want to take a moment, though, to point everyone to the forums. I read them every day. Yeah. Our product managers read them every single day. That is the best and most constructive place to have constructive conversations. Um, and we really appreciate when the community is helping us solve problems, you know, on the forums. Um, and competition has some amazingly great threads, and, and you can see exactly what we're thinking and doing there. That's a good tip. If if you want to get listened to or heard, Zwifters, head for the forums. Um, the new map, YC, I mean, it is undoubtedly 
both beautiful and popular. It's probably the most beautiful thing that Swift has ever done. Uh, and again, a big, a big hit, I think. And again, this is such a minority of people. But I, the reason I ask the question is because, because I, I think there might be some kind of directional undercurrent to this. But the the the, the people who 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 ride Mercury on really high end gaming machines, and the, you know, these are some of your most dedicated customers. You know, they spend money to get the best possible experience. These kind of people are reporting that their frame rates have dropped from sixty FPS to twenty FPS on the Mercury and and guys who I respect, I, I can't compete with them on a, on a technical knowledge basis, but you know, to me, they look as though they're doing some pretty robust testing. And, and their suspicion is that the new map is built to make it run really well on low end devices. And that's at the expense of the high performance, high end machines. It's an awful phrase, but can I call it dumbing down the experience for the most dedicated to enable the most casual to take part. Is that a horrible thing to say? Is there any truth in it? Is it a fair point? Um, I would say that it's it's some detective work that may not lead to the right conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. So the 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 McCurry map in Umezi, um absolutely from day one was designed to push the limits of performance. Um, and the reality is that we had very long discussions that, and we knew that uh, what, what you like to refer to as potatoes would suffer. Um, and <laughs> that, you know, that, that's the reality is if you are on a lesser type of machine, um, it will not look as beautiful. Um, and your frame rate will not be the best on, on Umezi, but, but we were very, very careful and intentional to make sure that it did work. Um, because we do care about accessibility and no matter how much money you have or what your setup is, we want you to be able to Zwift. But yeah. So, so, so why, why, why are the most dedicated Zwifters who spend the most money to get the best experience? Why are they experiencing lower frame rates than they get on other worlds? Well, I, I can only speak right now towards Umezi um, and that uh, A, most high-end machines are not having frame rate issues. Um, so, you know, we have a bevy of them. We test them, uh, you know, we comb with forums uh, to see like what's working, what's not. We have some diagnostics to understand, you know, uh, frame rate performance um, and what that looks like. Um, what we do know is that, um, and we have an inkling that the way that we have written and deployed certain things within this, uh, this world, graphically speaking, um, does work better on some high-end graphics machines and other high-end graphics machines may have an issue with it. Um, right. okay. And it's just the way of handling it. It's not the overall performance. So um, again, my best advice is, um, and we are trying to chase this down. We have people trying to understand this. So go, go to the forums, um, post your setup and post your frame rate and screenshots and things like that are most helpful so we can actually see. Um, and uh, we, will, we will do our best to then optimize our code for specific types of setups. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so this is a bug, not a consequence of some 
sinister strategy. Oh, it's definitely not a sinister strategy at all. And, uh, there's actually no one in Zwift that is sitting around trying to be sinister. <laughs> um, we, are, we are actually very well intentioned. Um, but I think this is just a offshoot consequence of the difference in how graphics cards uh, process. So right. yes, that's technical. Okay. Okay. We're in danger of disappearing down a rabbit hole here. Um, but we did explore it very, very thoroughly, which I know some people will, will be grateful for. Um, there have been some hints recently, the changes to steering, for instance, that Zwift may be considering locking down certain features to its own hardware. And now many veterans Zwifters would find a retreat into kind of less openness, uh, a very bitter pill to swallow. And whilst you can understand the business reasons for such a decision, it would be horribly unpopular. Where, where is Zwift going to take a stance on this? In And I know we're talking about the future and we're talking about a world where Zwift hardware will be available. But do you ever see a position where you would lock down certain features to only to Zwift hardware? Well, I'd say we, we have no intention to move away from being a platform where people can develop on. And, and we want to support our third-party partners um, very much so. And we also believe that you know, there should be some parity of, of the capabilities and that you know, regardless if you're using our hardware or someone else's hardware, you should have the same accessibility to performance within arrays for performance on Zwift. So that, that is a principle that, that we will stick with. Um, I think what you're seeing though, is that um, we are having a deep struggle with supporting all sorts of different custom configurations and protocols. Um, yeah. And we need to raise the bar on that a bit and do some standardization because we cannot keep up at all. It's impossible. I can hire another 100 people and we will not get the quality of experience across a thousand different devices with a thousand different protocols. You know, it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's presumably why you've dropped support for some trainers, you know, a bit like Windows no longer supports, you know, Windows. XP. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, our goal is to, um, you know, ask more of our partners. Right. So, you know, I guess in some case, you know, we ask for a small fee, but it's really a feed of making sure that there's commitment <laughs> to what is being done. Um, and, you know, we are working with our partners uh, to understand sort of like what new features are coming and how can we standardize those ahead of time. Um, you know, steering is a good example that we didn't do that. And now we're in a very, very difficult position of trying to support it. And we keep ruining it and breaking it. Um, and no one likes to be in that world. So we're just trying to figure out what a better solution is long term. Yeah. OK. OK. A um, couple of questions which n not on, on our agreed list of topics, but kind of they sort of refer back to things we've talked to. So I hope you don't react too badly or think I'm trying to pull a fast one and if you think I am you can tell me but um hardware wise is it is it on track I mean when are we going to see some <laughs> well I can say it, it's on track in my world so um but in terms of the timing <laughs> yeah we're, we're not ready to speak about it okay all right well I don't think you're going to tell me anymore on that um what's one thing that's surprised you 
two things. One that surprised you on the upside and one that surprised you on the downside since you joined Swift. Yeah, I think we did speak to this quite a bit, but it's I've worked on very many games, very complicated games with hundreds of millions of people playing on them. Um, you know, my, my last World Golf Tour, you know, was a game that had technical debt and was developed over, you know, 12 years. Um, but what surprised me is just the level of complexity of what Zwift is trying to support. Um, right. And just the number of platforms and devices and configurations is more than any game that I think exists out there. It, it is a level of complexity that no one has actually dealt with before. Um, so a lot of it is learning and a lot of it is breaking new ground and innovating. And that's what makes it exciting. These are new challenges that really no other game or service or any fitness thing has ever had to deal with. And so that that is both thrilling, but also a, a lot of hard work. I was going to say that's one answer to two questions, because I think that's probably both the downside and the upside surprise for you. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Final question, YC. Golfers or cyclists, which is the most demanding community? <laughs> I say that everyone is actually really pretty passionate um, and highly technical <laughs> and very nuanced. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hoping, at least for me, that cycling is the new goal. So we'll see. <laughs> you very carefully didn't answer that question. Um, listen, it's always great when I do these interviews you know, because there's, there's there's great insight comes, and you know, I sometimes think, and on the podcast we say this a lot. We, you know, we we do think that that perhaps the company has not yet found the correct way of having this regular dialogue with 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 the company. I mean, do, do, do you agree with that or not? Or do you think that you know this is now happening and happening properly in the forums? Um, I would say that there's always room for improvement, um, and we have not done a great job of having dialogue, I would say. We, we communicate, we say things quite often, and I say and we're actually quite transparent about it, and we say things pretty frequently. Um, and our community says things frequently all the time, but I don't think it's always been a back and forth dialogue. Um, and that's what we're trying to change, and that's what we're trying to get better. Um, and we've had it across many different platforms, you know, everything from, you know, Reddit to, to Twitter, to Facebook, to forums, to email, to whatever. Yeah. Um, and so we're really trying to do a concerted effort to make the forums the place where we have a two-way conversation because it really allows it to not only be bi-directional, but allows other people to participate too. Um, and that's mm. where, you know, we're going to put a lot more effort into. And what we ask is, that yeah we we do make mistakes and we do deserve to get you know blasted sometimes you know but we would really love the forums to be a positive constructive place um and that's part of our mission is to make cycling more welcoming and open and so all i ask is people to be more charitable um to be kind um, there's enough strife in this world and Zwift is, it should be a safe place. It should be a fun place. Um, and that's where yeah. we want to have that yeah. community and that dialogue. 
Well, I think it's a fair point. You know, I mean, just kind of endless railing is 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 non-constructive. But to ask a question and then have, a, as you say, a bi-directional conversation with someone at Swift who can explain some of the background or the insight or the stuff that we don't know because we don't see, you know, I do think that is the way forward to, to talk to what remains an incredibly passionate user base. I mean, you cannot underestimate the passion of these people. I think it's this connection between adrenaline and a keyboard. It's never been a particularly healthy one. But um, as you say, the forums is perhaps the place to have those. And I'm sure people will will perhaps watch those with, with a great deal more interest. Um, we're coming to the end of our time. And um, I don't want to take up any more than we agreed. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, I think people, particularly um, the most dedicated to Swifters, who I think are probably the kind of people who mainly listen to the Zwickcast, will have found this absolutely fascinating. Thanks very much indeed for your time, YC, and I hope um, I hope we can talk again. Absolutely. Thank you, Simon, and, and thank you all to the community for being passionate about Zwift. Really, really appreciate it. So that was YC in what I think is his first ever interview uh, in his new job at Zwift anywhere, as far as I can work out. But uh, if I'm wrong, please let me know. Lots and lots to digest there. Uh, Zwiftcast listeners is a very good place to talk about it. Lots of very sensible people making moderate and uh, reasoned and thought through comments there. Always a good place to um, have a civilised discussion. And uh, I'll be back with the other two reprobates in uh, a couple of weeks time no doubt we'll dissect some of what yc had to say and of course catch up with all the other latest developments on swift thanks very much indeed for listening i gave the rules of engagement for that interview at the start but i should just say what i always say which is that swift supports the podcast but does not dictate or influence the content that's down to us thanks for listening see you soon bye Right on.